Hi, I'm Rob Olson. And I'm Livia Sneddon, and together we make up the Booked Podcast. And you are listening to Books, Beer, and Bullshit. This one woman was telling me, she said she was having sex with this man, and she was sitting on top of him riding. And she said she had gotten into a groove, so, you know, she might have gripped his head, or she might have put her hands on his shoulders, or locked them around the back of his neck, so she made sure it was just like a horse. She had that saddle, and she had the rope, so she couldn't let go. And as she got into that groove, she's sitting on him, she rocking, and she rolling in her rhythm, and she had just forgotten where she was. She got into a deep state of euphoria, because cause she said the dick was good. But this is all the problem, though. She said the dick was so good that as she started rocking, she just got into it, and all of a sudden, she said something just hit her. Bam! All upside his head. Just slapped him. Dick will make you slap somebody. Wait a minute. Now, you're telling me a story, and then you switch it on me and say the woman in ecstasy and turn around and slap somebody. She slapped him upside the head. And I said, why did you slap? She said, I couldn't help it. She just now, slapped I know me. your audience. Finish your story. I want to hear why she slapped him. I told you, she said she just got into this groove. She found her rhythm. See, that's what women don't realize. That's one reason why we get caught. Because the penis is a very powerful organ. It's a very deep, spiritual, sexual, heat-seeking missile. It's just like a rocket, see. And inside of every rocket, there's information encoded in it for it to do what it do. He's in her. They have become one on that spiritual sexual level. So she starts to find the groove and the parts of his penis start hitting the parts of her vagina walls, harmonizing them, making them sing. And so she feel like she's in church jumping and shouting because that man hitting them walls like she needed him to hit them walls. So she said it was so good and she relaxed and she said at one instant it was feeling so good to her, the thought crossed her mind that he might let somebody else have a little sample of that. She said it just, just the feeling of being caught up in the pleasure and, and then thinking about, wait a minute, he might do this right here? She said she just slapped him. So I'm just saying sometimes we have to be aware of that because dick will make you slap somebody in the face. listening to books beer and bullshit the only podcast that is so fucking powerful will make you think your cock is a glock i'm your co-host mr jeff and i'm your swanging deck other co-host uh, mr frag so what's up homeboy you ever smack some bitch over some vaginas yes a vagina was so good i just went slap <laughs> vagina make you slap someone I fucked her so hard I saw Jesus. <laughs> Jesus is my wingman. <laughs> Make you slap someone. Dude, that was that was cool doing the intro for once. Yeah. I never get to I do I know, that. we let you we let you roll with that. Thank you, sir. We should do that more often. I appreciate the uh letting me in on that one. Yeah, it should be that way. We are co hostesses. Yeah, well you do it so well. I just I just really I just felt just, the need this just, this episode. It just happens that way. So what's up? What's up? What are we doing this episode, brother? Episode 34. And the dirty tur- whore? Did you say dirty whore? <laughs> oh, here we go. It's this kind of episode, huh? Yeah, I'm, I'm all jacked up. All right, good. Because I want you on your toes tonight. I'm on them. I'll tell you what. Our last episode, I, I learned something. Don't do it when you're sick? Well, that. Yeah, there was many uh, epi- uh, lessons to be learned. But I learned, I learned to really let go of the editing this time. Like Rob... You know, Rob from Book Podcast, he's right. like, just let let the ums and the uhs go. Let it go. Let, let it, it go. That's right. So now, if you really go back and listen to the last episode, there's a lot of, like, stuff you don't normally, and it's it's so subtle, only I, I hear, you know? Yeah. So, and we spit out. It took me a while to get to editing, but when I actually sat down and edited. Just let it rip. I just let it rip. I got a, I got a good quick edit out of it. That's pretty good. Because normally it's all kinds of fucked up, so. Yeah. Well, it was fucked up, you know. Yeah. Last episode, you know, outside of our. There was a lot of audio problems. Yes. Outside of our interview with the guys from Booked, who were awesome, by the way. Yes, absolutely. It wasn't a good episode. It was kind of fucked up. It wasn't a bad episode. It wasn't a bad episode. It just got fucked up. It just got fucked up. We lost lost audio. We lost our minds. We lost our 
everything. We never had audio problems like we had last episode until we brought on fellow podcasters and just like yeah, it, got embarrassed you know, like we're a bunch of rookies. Yeah, a bunch of amateurs. Yeah, it was bad. But that's what happens when you only have 34 episodes compared to 387. That's right. So, hey, what the fuck, man? All right. We can only do what we can do. That's it. That's it. That's all we got for you. Constant listeners, we thank you for your uh, patience in between episodes. And patronage. In your patronage, yes. Yeah. And we ask no money from you. We ask no donations from you. No, we don't have a patriarch account. No, Patreon, no. Patreon. Yeah. And now that we've made fun of it, we can't ever ask for a Patreon. <laughs> no, nah, man. Just get his stuff off our Draven Star Memorial wish list. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Buy his gifts. Douche. Yeah. And, uh, how, about, how about this? Yeah. Here's what I want. Yeah, tell me. Here's Here's my number one thing that our... Constant listeners could do for us. Yes, send us an email. Oh, that would be great, dude. That would not. And now I'm not talking about you ass fucking holes. Oh, hi guys. Uh, I represent blah blah blah. He's an indie author, and I came across your. No, you didn't come across your podcast. Our podcast. Yeah, no. You just search Stitcher or whatever, and we popped up, and here comes our little form thing. Yes, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about an actual listener response. Yes, someone comes up and says, "Dude, you guys suck." That's right. I'd be happy with that. If you're leaving fan mail, the the subject line has to say, "I am Seamus McCooley." That's right. a fan would know that. Seamus. 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 Isn't Seamus actually Seamus? Seamus McCarthy is there, yes. Yes. Yeah. Only reason I learned that is because a guy called into a radio show the other day. Yeah. And he was like, oh, Seamus from uh, Long Island. <laughs> and he was like, no, my name is Seamus. Seamus. Yeah. Like, no, you're you're Seamus. <laughs> he was like, no, you say it like Seamus. Yeah. I was like, really? I I would never. But then again. Did you like, really not know that Seamus is supposed to be pronounced Seamus? No, dude, I'm not Irish. I know, but you're alive. Yeah, but I knew that. I knew that kind of <laughs> okay. because, like, scene yeah. S E A N is yeah. actually Sean, right? Yes. Yeah. So I kind of knew it. Like, no, it's scene. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of knew it, like in the cockles of my balls. Yeah, yeah, but never, never, you know, like oh. really cared. And here enough. I am thinking you're just having fun with the Seamus McCooley name. Oh yeah, I did. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I like. It's you're a Seamus man. Yeah. You're like one step away from being a gay Navy cadet. <laughs> Okay. You know all you homos out there like the Navy <laughs> Navy football program. You're can't, not going to let me get away. You can't beat those semen. <laughs> <laughs> You're not going to let me get away with an edit-free podcast, are you? No. no. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So enough of that banter, I guess. Dude, that was a good uh, intro. I, I really enjoyed that I'm one. glad you had fun with that. You could edit that one out. All you want. I don't care. I got mine in. <laughs> <laughs> you never know what I'll leave in. Yeah, know? that's you that's know? that's why I'm just that's the truth. Books. What about them? Well, we reviewed one this this episode. Well, oh. we're about to. All right. Yeah, we haven't laid down the review yet. Been a while. We promised uh, heavy interviewing in this in this uh, set of ten podcasts between thirty and forty. So what do we do? Run out of people to interview? Not at all. There's always people knocking at the door. Yeah, there are all those. Indie and there's always authors. people. Uh, I'd be happy to talk. Yeah, we don't I, always get them. I like talking to people. But That's I think we just fun. I think we just, you know, we need to step back and do a review. Yeah, let's do a review. Switch it up. Good idea. All right. What do you want to review? There's this book called Escape from Shit Town. Okay. I'm in. And it's actually three writers. One of them I would have loved to uh, to have interviewed. And we may yet in the future. Not after this review, we won't. <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> but uh Shane McKenzie is a a horror writer I've really uh, discovered in the last year or so, and he's. I read a book he wrote called Muerte con Carne, which, in my humble opinion, is about the best horror book I've read easily in the last five years. Last five? In, in the last five years, is bar none the best horror book I've read. Before that, it had to have been a Brian Keene book, you know? Right. So it, it was a outstanding great horror story and uh picked up a couple of his other books he dabbles in some bizarro mostly works in the horror extreme horror sort of circles everything i've read from him is outstanding so we got this book from deadite escape from shit town is shane mckenzie along with uh sure it's not seen seamus mckenzie (laughs) seamus mckenzie Uh, along with Sam W. Anderson and Eric Williams. 
wrote Escape from Shit Town. A trifecta. A trifecta from Deadite Press. So we were like, if we're going to review a book, let's go back hardcore. So it's called Escape from Shit Town. Sounds like the perfect book right up our alley. Fucked up, crazy, horror. Best way to jump back into book reviews. Right. Right off the bat. Bam. Yep. You want to give a, can you give a synopsis of Escape from Shit Town for us? All right. So here's how I see it. There's a, an old bitter guy who was very uh, wealthy yet unscrupulous. Yes. There's no morals. And uh, yet somehow he feels his family should have morals. But yet they ignore him on his birthday and you're just waiting for him to die to inherit all his money and all of shit town, which somehow he owns a whole town. Yeah. Even though it's not called shit town. I forget exactly what it's called. Yeah, it's just the nickname. It sounds like yeah. shit town. It's like Shiat Town or something. Yeah, something to that effect. So anyhow, anywho, uh, he's got three kids. Was it three kids? Yeah, three kids, two sons and a daughter, yes. and they have kids. Except the daughter is a lesbian and adopted an Asian kid. Yep. And there's uh, twin girls, the one guy, and the other guy has, what, a son? Just a son, Son, right? he's like a jock. Yeah, he's like a jock kid. Yeah. So it's all very contrite already from there. Right. Sets right? Up so a... I know already what you're thinking, right? Yeah. The one kid who's actually going to get ahead is the Asian kid because he's not related. Oh, great. Spoiler alert. Yes, that's exactly what happened. Let me tell you what. I can't even wait to jump in on this. Yeah. So anyhow, he has he sends everybody out of shit town. Yep. And on his birthday, which is Halloween, he gets a bunch of murderers, thugs to go in there. And he drops the kids off and they have to do like a running man to get out of shit town. And whoever survives gets to be in the well. That's that's escape from shit town. Dude, I tell you what. But there's one more. Yes, there's one more. I was trying to give you the major plot line. Yes. Without getting into it. Okay. So So go ahead. You explain the rest of it. The twist on all of that is that as you read the book, all that story is actually just a horror movie. Right, that you're watching. You're wa- yeah, it's written as these are the scenes. Right. And it's you're watching a movie escape from shit town. Now, we have a, an opinion on that because we'll get into that. First of all, Jeffrey, yes. Mr. Jeff. Mr. Jeff, right did, here. Did you enjoy Escape from Shit Town? No, I did not. And I'm right with you. I did, did not. Did not enjoy it. What did you find wrong with Escape from Shit Town? Well, I found first it to be contrite. Yeah. You knew it was kind of like reading a mystery novel, right? Where everything worked out exactly how you pictured it from page one. Yes. Yeah. There was no, you know, you come to your immediate snap judgment. Right. And that's of how, how the book's going to go. And it goes that way. And it just goes that way. Yeah. It was uh, a giant waste, giant piece of shit. Yeah, the writing was, I, I, it was boring. I felt in the main story of Escape from Shit Town that the writing was just, he opened the door, he walked through the door, he closed the door. He, it, like everything was just, there was nothing spectacular about the writing. No. It was just exactly as it happened. Nothing exciting about descriptiveness, and I mean, th- and that's the other thing too is when it got descriptive, it was, you know, it was these murder scenes and shit, and it just all seemed over the top gratuitous in yeah. that fashion. And the cut back to you being in the movie theater, and the previews, and all this other crap, you know, that's a sign of just like this story's weak. We have to we have to bump it up somehow, right? Like, we have nothing real good to say here, so let's just, like, throw a bunch of shit together. Yeah. And, okay, we'll just, like, cut it, and it'd be kind of interesting. It'd be kind of cool. It'd be like, you know, like, you're not a podcast. Yeah. We're like, we're sitting here, and we're doing what we do, right? Yeah. yeah. And we throw it back and forth, and we wiggle it around, and, you know, we go ups and downs and all this other crap, right? But we're not charging you to read it or no. listen to us. No. You know... Take it for what you will. I could say whatever I want about your creative ability because I'm not charging you to listen to my creative ability. Yes. 
You know, you actually want money for this rubbish. Yes. You know, you're on a, a semi-major imprint. Yep. And you're putting out this garbage. Yeah. I have. You want to hear my theory on this whole situation? Sure. Here's my theory. I have. I have absolutely no idea. It's only my theory. It's that Sam Anderson and Eric Williams wrote this story together, Escape from Shit Town, right? About the grandfather trying to kill his kids to vet out who wins the fortune, and uh, their friend Shane McKenzie was like, "Oh, cool!" Uh, and they were like, "Shane, you want to? You want to? You want to get in on this? You want to co-write it with us?" And but it's all written. And he's like, "Yeah, yeah let me take a look at it." And he was like, "Well, we'll just make it a movie, and I'll write this part where like it's a guy watching a movie, right? Just to be a little like a narrative in between." You know, lead off each section and all that stuff. And uh, so he wrote that, and those were the good parts. <laughs> yeah. And here's the thing, too, right? It was like Cannibal Fat Camp. Yeah. Where there was so much gratuitous shit in there just to make it a longer story. Like, you're taking a short story that should be in... Uh, you're taking a, a story that should be in an anthology and bumping it up into uh, almost novel length Yeah, through drivel. Yeah, it... it... It was a lot of fluff. It, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if there was any way to redeem it. Yeah. I guess the best redemption was, you know, adding that, that you know, busting through the, the fourth wall, so to speak, and adding that character watching this book as a, a, a movie. No, I thought that was cheap. I thought that was cheap, contrite, yeah. cliched. Yeah. I saw it as a rescue attempt. And a, re- yeah, by, and a rescue. By, a, by a capable you know writer. That book, because still, even with the fluff, it was still only 174 pages. Right. It was still only 174 pages right. with probably 60 of those pages being sub, not part of the major narrative yeah. of yeah, the movie. Yeah. Where you're, oh, it's intermission. Yeah. Or it's, yeah, you know, guy before, going after, his... or it's previews. Yeah. There's probably, you know, I guess they were like, what, it's supposed to be like book previews when you're in the movie, when you're at the beginning, when he's in the movie theater. Yeah, I don't know. Are they they supposed to be like plugs for other books? That's what I was thinking. I was like, what the fuck is this shit? I actually said to myself, dude, did I download the right shit? You know, I kind of like that part. It was different. That was the part that was different. It wasn't just straight up. The man walked through the door, the man closed the door, the man stabbed the person, the blood came out. It was kind of creative to read that. But yeah, so, the, the, where that suffers, though, where that whole thing suffers, I think, is that it's all an afterthought to this stuff that was already written. Right. It, so yeah, it was all just piled he's, on. He's patching it in. He's adding in his thing. How how can I work myself in this? And this was his angle. I'll turn this, you know, as just a guy watching this movie. How the fuck do you need three people to write a 174-page story? That's why I'm saying it's these two, and it's like Shane McKenzie's the you know the biggest name of the three, as far as I'm concerned. Right, and uh, you know he was invited along either to just put a bigger name on the book, or they're just buddies, or you know whatever it works out to. I don't know, but it just didn't. In total, it didn't work, and I don't know that this. I don't know that it would benefit from being a short story. I I don't think there's really anything there i i will i will give it this much yeah i did like that some of the murderers that were hired yeah thugs that were hired to go after these kids in shit town i did like the clown guys happy and sad happy and sad like i'm not a big like oh clown it you know you know right i just thought that they're those two characters were well written for a short story I mean, I'm not going to go and say there's all kinds of character development because really there isn't. No, but they're just good bad guys. They were just good bad guys. They wrote those, that little scene that they were in, the couple scenes that they were in, really fucking well. Yeah, they were probably the the two most enjoyable characters to read. Whoever wrote that segment, whichever one of the three, you don't know because it's in in the main. It's not specified. But you you could tell whoever did that. Yeah. That was good. That's where they're yeah, shining. That was that was that was where we polished up the turd and turned it into a little bit of a polished something you could turd. read. Yeah, yeah. I have to say, I was most vested in reading those parts. Yeah, they. That was actually good. And what? 
I don't know the the crazy grandfather aspect. I'm like, right, let's let's get uh, actually yeah. back to let's actually get back to. I don't want to waste a lot of time of this podcast going yeah. just saying how we fucking hate this, book right? Obviously not, and everything else. Let's get back into the uh, actual plot line yeah. and the development of it. Yeah, you know, you have the story about the guy being in the movie theater. Let's just throw that out because that's all just add on. Okay, and let's throw out the previews if you want to get any of that stuff. Go read the book. Right. You want to hear about that? Go right. go read it. Right. Let's just talk about the the movie Escape from Shit Town. Main meat. The main the meat of the story. Yeah. Right now, first, I know it's it's bizarre horror, and you have to suspend disbelief. Right. Okay. You know, you have to just like pretend, pretend like, you know, anything's possible. Yeah, sure. I mean, sure. you I've read tons of stuff, and you just read it and enjoy it, and you suspend disbelief. But here's this guy who's supposedly so fucking rich and powerful and all his wealth and everything else is centered around a little piece of ghetto. Yeah. Like he's he's like controls like the whole ghetto what yeah. by himself. He has no enforcers. Yeah. Okay, uh, first right there. Problem, okay. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who's out there enforcing the drug dealers to pay you tax? Who's out there collecting your rent from all these down and out people, the drug users to pay, you know, to pay you? Yeah. The text. Who's out there doing that? You had to go out and hire a bunch of like random thugs and murderers mm-hmm. to, you know, play your little game. Right. right. So right there. Boom. I'm lost. You lost me. Yeah. Because it uh, makes no fucking sense. It makes no fucking sense. Even under suspended belief. Yeah. It makes no fucking sense. You're right. That That's absolutely true. As I And that's, you know. From jump. From, from, from jump, jump street. Yeah. Right. Yep. Now you have the you're dropping off a bunch of kids into shit town where you got everybody to leave because you're all in fucking powerful yeah. Oz, right? Pay no attention to the man <laughs> behind the curtain. Just everybody leave shit town for one night. Right. Okay, so... Okay, great. You did that. You're the great and all-powerful Oz. Yeah. Everybody left, right? Because yeah. you said so. Right. <laughs> right? And you hired, what, eight murderers or whatever? Eight thugs, yeah, something to that effect. To come, to come in and the hunters, the hunter, to be yeah. the hunters, right? So yeah, that's great. Okay, we'll go with that because that actually makes fucking sense compared to the rest of it. <laughs> okay, <laughs> right. So you send these what one, two, five, six kids with their friends and shit in there, right? Yep. And yeah, like six kids all by themselves would would stand any fucking chance against any cold blooded murderers, right? Yep. Like, how are they going to fight him? Oh, one's a one's a big tough jock from high school or whatever. He's a junior varsity football player. Yeah, yeah. Really? He's supposed to look like the ringer though. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, and one's a the Dykes uh Asian kid? Yeah. Okay. So, which kid do you think is going to win? No, no, no. Well, you know, he's Well, yeah, of to course, be. the Asian kid. Yeah. Because he's not related. Or, so there you go. or the jock. I think we're, we're supposed to believe that the jock could, you know. No, I don't think there is any, ever any belief in that. No. And I don't know. Maybe these guys, maybe this is a fable. Maybe they're supposed to be immoral and I missed it. No. You know what? Look, this has been straight off the bat while I was reading this. Two things, well, three things came to mind, but two things around the plot and around everything you just said. Clear out shit town. It's just a, a wasted useless empty shell of a town because the guy said to leave right so now we have an arena to play our little game it's happened twice before once in the movies it's called running man right you brought that up second time it was done in bizarro fiction to to perfection completely you you suspended you know your belief and you and you bought it it was carlton Melick zombies and shit Fuck yeah. That yeah. was zombies and shit. Yeah. I mean, but you had a whole world to play in. Sure. Well, Which it was is, no, a, no it was yeah. an island. It was no, an it was island, island city. Absolutely. It was, no, but it was absolutely, that was a great fucking story. Right. And it's, but, and it's drop you off in the middle of this city, island or whatever. It was like a town or whatever. Yeah. And, and uh, you're going to die. So get off. Somebody's got to get out. Right. So but, this, but zombies and shit don't, don't even compare. Like, don't even. I love that story. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying is Carlton Mellick makes this trope. This oh, trope. Yeah. It makes this plot line work. Absolutely. Because, well, 
he thought this, about it. This is like you said right off the bat. Grandpa and his reasons for wanting to do this are like, eh, really? And then, yeah, like you said, he owns shit town. And come on, is this the best we can do? Like their whole setup. It's like that they went, to, you know, let's write a story about what? Uh, a bunch of people got to get out of the situation. Only one survives. Seven go in, one comes out. And it's like how we do it. And then they just went about the worst way of explaining yeah, how that. And, it, you know, and that's. Like you said, the setup for it right off the bat is like, really? And you're just taken out of it. And then you can get into, like you said, some of the better parts with the killer clowns and, and you know, those little... The other guys. Some of the yeah. brutal killing scenes are, are you know, enjoyable on a, on a horror level. But overall, the story is just... It's just no. I don't. I'm glad we got this one for free because I'd be pissed off. I'd be, <laughs> I'd be, I'd be sending off emails like a mother. Ever. Oh boy! Oh boy! But that's here nor there. I, I really, I have nothing really good to say about this. I recommend you avoid this book. You know what I felt? I said there were three things. I gave you the two. There was a third one, which I, I think this is like the poor man's version of Ryan Harding's genital grinder. If you wanted to read this, because this is what if you it, when you get to the what they really want, like I said, what they really want to do is drop seven people in, brutally murder eight, whatever it is, brutally murder all but one, just a big splatter gore fest. But and and if you want that, go read General Grinder. Yeah, I mean that that was a great. If you want, if you want just straight up splatter gore, yeah, yeah. go read that. That's what this I think. Drivel. Yeah, I, that's what this, I think. The only I, you can't even compare the two because the other one at least was like it was a different kind of story, but it was plot driven. You know, this this thing is just kind of like, man, I want to do like I want to do this, and I want to be a writer, and I just want to like I don't care. And now, how are we going to get our shit like known? Oh, let's bring in the third guy, and that way maybe we get taken seriously. I can't believe they got this over on Deadite though. Well, yeah, one of the writers, Eric Williams, also has uh, another book out on Deadite. So, you know, they're they're in the club, right? Uh, but man, just terrible. Yeah, just terrible. I I don't know. Not, I don't even know what this retails for. Five ninety nine. Nothing. Nothing good to say about this one, dude. You know what? I'm actually glad because sometimes we talk each other into actually liking something. Yeah. After the fact, no, you get a different no, viewpoint, and no. you go, "Oh, well, that was you know." You know what? You're right. That that was kind of good that way. Yeah. It had the redeeming quality. Yeah. yeah. You know, it creeped you the fuck out. Yeah. And sometimes that's good enough. Right, right. You know, to get your entertainment out of it. Yeah. And not feel ripped off. Uh-huh. This had none of that. There was no creepiness. There was no crawliness. There was no real originality. There was no nothing. No. I wish, like hell, the whole reason we brought this to the table was for Shane McKenzie, and I freaking love everything he does, and I'm sorry that we chose to do this book on the podcast because it's just, I'm praying to God he wrote that, the you know, the uh, the movie-watching guy part because I felt that was the only well-written segment of the story. Yeah, and even that was... I don't know, for you. It was... You know, it was well written, yes, but I recognize it was a, it was an afterthought to yeah. to just to add his name into right. the, the project. So I'm yeah. gonna say just check out Shane McKenzie. Yeah, check out his other works. So because he's he's the man. It's just not not in this. Situation. Just stay away from this one because it give you a bad taste yeah. about him yeah. in your mouth. Yeah, it will. In your mouth. In your mouth. Son. This, this book sucks so bad it make me want to slap your mama. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I was riding this shit and then and then it just went I looked at it and I went slap sometimes a bad book makes you want to slap somebody it's <laughs> <laughs> got powerful bad yes sir has information encoded in like a rocket ship into your brain <laughs> makes you want to pow makes you want to makes you want to find Seamus McCooley and smack him upside the head <laughs> yes sir on to the beers so, what do we got for a little bit of a tasting? Ooh, tasting for the beer time. We got some, what is it, Carlton? No, what's his name? Car- Carton. Cartons. Carton Gilded Lily. Ooh, what does that have in it? Well, it's not so much what it has in it. First of all, the most important thing about this is it's yeah. our first growler. 
Oh, a growler, eh? <laughs> We're getting into a growler. We got a growler of beer tonight, people. <laughs> a growler. A growler. Growler. What is a growler? Big jug. It's <laughs> just a jug of, jug of beer. Jug of beer. A jug of beer. You know, it's it's like your to-go cup. Yeah. Except it's, like it holds it for a while. It's a way to take some... Some, some shit home. Some shit home from the tap. Yep. So we got a growler provided yeah. to us by... The Beermeister. The Beermeister came through. Not with us tonight, but here in spirit as always. The Beermeister and uh, his good buddy, Mike. Mike the Illuminati. <laughs> Mike the Illuminati, yes. <laughs> this beer tasting is brought to you by the Beermeister and, and Mike, Mike the, the Illuminati. Illuminati. <laughs> oh, Illuminati. Illuminati. Sounds, he, sounds Italian. <laughs> he already knows what the beer tasting is going to be. He, he controls this podcast. Yes, from, from afar. He's got the eye. Yes. His all-seeing eye. The eye. Be the eye. Give me the eye. <laughs> no, I want the eye. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so our growler of beer. Yes. As we said, is the cart- Carl- carton? Carton. Carton. Gilded lily. And that has what? Lily. Lily. No, it does not have lily. <laughs> lily. <laughs> yes, Hoyman. Oh, Oh, the gilded lily. Oh, Hoyman, my head. Oh, Oh, my head, Hoyman. Oh, what can you do? (laughs) It's so humid in here. (laughs) Oh, It's so humid in the dank tonight. (laughs) What can you do? (laughs) (laughs) Our gilded lily has white truffles in it. So you know what that means. It's time (laughs) to rent a pig. And scream in. French, 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 French. La Sainte est sexe. Non, ça trouve blanche. La Sainte est sexe. Non, ça trouve blanche. La Sainte est sexe. Non, ça trouve blanche. La Sainte est sexe. Good French, good French. Good French. And you were all worried about me going Frenchy on your ass. Yes, I was. But no, it's all good because we have white truffle beer. Yes, in a growler. 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 How are we going to get the bottle wrench involved on twisting off a bottle? That is, I, I hadn't even thought of that. Well, let's wait, see. Wait, 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 wait. Do we have to return this growler? Is this on loan? This is not our growler. I do actually happen to have an extra growler at home. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so we can destroy this one. Yes, why do we need to destroy it, though? Because it's book spirit bullshit. And we've got the bottle wrench. Drop the forge! Stays in steel beauty. 15% <laughs> The judge. You're going to call you the judge. Mr. Jeff, Mr. Judge. <laughs> With your drop forge stainless steel gavel of justice. <laughs> this plastic table is no match for the bottle wrench. <laughs> Mr. Jeff has ruled you need a beer. Guilty of needing a beer, Your Honor. <laughs> 35, no, 35%, 15% off your entire order, not just one piece of product, no, at thebottlewrench.com using offer code BBBS. Show. You know, I wonder if that code is even any still good. I was just thinking of that myself. <laughs> <laughs> Go to thebottlerace.com and, you know, pretend to, pretend to order something. See if it gives you 15% off. Yeah, and uh, you know what? If it doesn't, <laughs> talk to him. Yeah, Tell let him, us know. Hey, Booksbeer and Bullshit is still fucking plugging your fucking bottle wrench. Yes. Because it's an excellent product. It's drop forged stainless steel. Right. Man, you got all kinds of dings in all around within arm's length of me. There is dings everywhere. <laughs> dings in the concrete, dings in the table, the chair, everywhere a ding ding. <laughs> From the bottom red. At the bottom red. Okay. <laughs> Let's distract this growler <laughs> of white truffle. White truffle. <laughs> white truffle. Oh, it looks hazy. It looks hazy like looks like piss. This is not good. You know, I, I, our, our, you said it's a, it's a half gallon jug, right? And it's just got a twist cap on. Yeah, just. A, I always. This is my first time ever like seeing a growler, really. Really? 
something. Yeah, and I thought they were supposed to be like hermetically sealed. They are. It's got a little. Uh, <laughs> they vacuum suck them out. No, it has like a little gasket, and you know all the. Yeah. I don't know, man. I don't know. I thought it should have. I want more. I want like a vacuum seal. I do too, man. I want a little brown jug. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, not a clear jug. Yeah. I mean, this this growler that's not is not from where this beer came from. No, because apparently growler. you could bring your growler, bring your into, own growler, yeah. into anywhere, no matter where it's from, right? And you know, if they sell it, you get it filled. You can get it filled. All you need is a growler of any sort. Um. Why are they called a growler? I don't know, but I was about to see. I feel like I've kind of looked at growlers long, long ago in the past. I feel like they are more impressive than than just this jug with a twist a cap on it. So you ready? You yeah. ready for some yeah, yeah. of this? Yep. Truffle beer. <laughs> truffle beer. Truffle beer. Truffle. All right. Well, Mr. Jeff opens right. it. We're going to entertain you with some. Popular French music. Pouring music, please. C'est un peu de joie, peu de joie, peu de joie. Ton amitié pour moi, mon amitié pour toi. C'est un peu de joie, peu de joie. How does it smell? You gave me the old signature sniff right out the jug. I just wanted to make sure the jug didn't go bad. Okay. It doesn't smell skunky then. No, I didn't get no skunk whiff. But it's a little narrow hole, so I figured yeah. it was bad. Let's open up the flavors, pour it into the glass. We would we would know it right off the bat. You know, this feels very southern, Tennessee, pouring beer out of a jug. You need, like, some moonshine, right, for that? Yeah, this is very, uh, seems very backwoods. There is zero head. Zero, zero head. I wonder if that's... Well, this comes off a tap, right? Well, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So, I don't know if that's an indication of... What's well, this been in the growler for about a week now? Not quite Saturday. a week. Yeah. Saturday. So, about five days. Right? It was Saturday they brought it over. Yeah. And they might have had it for a day or so. Uh-huh. So, yeah, about a week. Okay. How about a signature sniff, Mr. Jeff? Alrighty. I don't know. I think it smells the the way it looks. Yeah. Do you are you picking up? Do you are you familiar with the white truffle? Yeah. And the flavor. It's a very strong, yeah. very earthy flavor. Yes. And, and this you, smells like piss. It's so just, therefore, you're I smelling w- something besides beer. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. It uh has a dirty, dirty flavor to it. <laughs> All right. Let me let me take my whiff. I'm not. Smelling the truffle, but I don't think truffles have a very significant odor. I think it's in their their well, taste. Pigs can smell it, right? Well, that's why you need pigs to sniff them out. First of all, they grow underground, right? Right, and I don't know. I don't think I've ever smelled truffles. The taste, the flavor is intense. All right, which is why you need just, just shave it. shavings and stuff because it's very strong. So. uh well, I got some. I got some fizz like on the side of my glass. You here. seem to have more fizz in yours than mine. I think it's the shape of the glass. Uh, yeah, we are using two different shaped glasses. Yours is a little more like a wine glass looking ting. I don't know. I don't know what to say about this at this point, other than it smells like piss. All right, fuck it. You want to just go in? There's only one in, way to go and taste this because this is this is outside of our normal realm of. Yeah, there's what a we lot taste. of things going on there. Yeah, and we and, we uh, don't know how much to, to attribute anything to the. Growler, right? You know? Right. So here it is. Let's right. go. Let's do it. I I don't know what to make of that. It definitely. The longer it's in your mouth, the weirder it gets. I don't like it. No. Let's see. The flavor just intensifies. Yeah, it totally. It's weird. Am I getting like dark chocolate? You might you might be tasting that that's sort of the truffly taste. It's a very I don't know, all I can describe it as is like real earthy. Real, real Yeah, it really tastes like the bottom of a stump. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's probably where you would say like dark chocolate is like a bitter Yeah. Like deep woody sort of a yeah. That's definitely a white truffle. I don't see where you could drink this and enjoy it. When I first throw it in my mouth from the glass 
I get the white truffle flavor that I'm used to from, you know, cooking things. Right. But it's that aftertaste. Like, after you swallow, it's, it's a light flavor, but it just, like, intensifies. Yeah, it pops on you. Like a Doppler effect, you know. Like, it comes yeah, light it comes and then hard. Up. Yeah. It's, uh, and that flavor is like a, it's an off truffly. I tell you what, you know, too, this is, this has a high, uh, 10%, right? 10% yeah, alcohol. 10%. So you're also going to get some, a little bit of that, you know, not like burning, like not whiskey, a, yeah, but yeah. you're going to get some of that burny alcoholy taste to it too. Yeah. I mean, this is just, it's you know what? It's not fucking horrible, but it's, yet it's not enjoyable is right. Maybe if you, oh, maybe if you just didn't drink it, it would be good. <laughs> this is great beer to look at in a giant jug of Yeah, beer. what are we going to do with a whole jug? Let me go hermetically seal it. <laughs> you know, it's funny. Uh, speaking of hermetic sealing, I went and searched growlers on Amazon. And like I uh, promised, there are much better <laughs> growlers available. Oh, yeah, that's if you're home brewing. Kegwork stainless steel beer growler, 64 ounces. Yeah, that, see that's it's that's when the, you're when you're home brewing and you want to put up your what do you call it the double double stopper thing? Yeah, the, little, the rubber stopper, rubber and the, little, stopper. the Grolsch looking thing. Yes, the Grolsch looking stoppers. Here's a a lifeline. There's a vacuum one. Yeah, double barrel wall stop, sixty four ounces, a two liter growler with a glass handle, amber. Whoa! See, see, this is what I was picturing. This yeah, this well, is a stone brewing company, swing top, two liter growler. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it's like everything else in this world. They're not putting a lot of money into your go cup. Essentially, right. I guess it's if you want a good growler, you got to buy one. Yeah, like if you if you went out and bought one, and you were because if let's just say, let's make this a little conversation about this. Being yeah. this beer is like shitty yet not like vomit inducing, right? Okay. The conversation should be about the growler. Yes. The growler is way more interesting than the beer. The beer is just bad. Yes. It's not in the realm of, holy shit. Yeah, no, no. It's, it's just, there. you know. It's, it's funky tasting. It just tastes like the funk. Yeah. So anyway, mm-hmm. right, if you were like a serious beer snoob. Yeah. And you were bringing home growlers of beer from different places that brew beer. Yep. You would uh, go out and buy yourself one of these nice growlers yes. because you're going to use it. You're going to take it to the bar. and you're But f- if you're just in the bar and you go, oh, I really like this beer. I want to take some home with me. They'll throw it in one of their cheapy bottles. They'll throw it in one of their, you know, $3 yeah, glass with the clear glass growler with the twist top. Yeah. yeah. And call it a day. They don't give a crap. Yeah. But if you were into doing that, you know, if you carried around your growler or yeah. if you homebrewed. If yeah. you homebrewed, it'd probably be excellent. Probably, you know, probably. you could, you know, get one of those. If you're homebrewing, you should have your own bottling kit. No, but I mean, I mean, if you had one of the stainless steel ones, or you had one of the the stoneware ones, there's no light getting in there. You could put your beer up for longer, probably. Uh, yes. You know, if you ran, you know, say you did a couple of gallons. It uh-huh. might take you a while to get through a couple of gallons. Uh huh. Uh huh. Although for me, it probably wouldn't. Right. But you know, and you could put it up and not really worry about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where this, you know, you'd have to do something with that if you were going to keep it pretty long quick. Pretty quick. Term. You have to drink it fast or put it to good use somehow, or cover it in tape or something. something. Keep the light off it. Keep it. Yeah. So. I can understand where the growlers are and why they do what they do and why you would go online and buy yourself a nice one if that was your thing. Right. Okay. I follow you. It was just my understanding and my limited knowledge of growlers that they just should have been sealed all the way, which is the preferable method. Well, this was something that was brought to our attention for this episode. Yep. And we had volunteers to bring us bring it to us. Yes. And I'm kind of wishing it was a little more... Uh, Disgusting? Disgusting. This is something that was uh, to brought to us by friends who, uh, obviously the beer meister, uh, but also another one of our friends who, uh, he hasn't quite grasped the concept of our podcast, <laughs> and he's always forever with, oh, I had this really good beer, uh, you know, which I don't think he's necessarily saying for the show. 
Right. He's but just, he just thinks we're beer guys and yeah. and like we're always on the lookout for fucking unique and awesome no, tasty no. beers. We want yeah. we want what we want and then we have our podcast beers. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Trying to educate you that just because it's craft brew, right, doesn't mean it's good brew. Right. We're also just trying to entertain you. There's a bazillion podcasts that where you're like, Well this has I, I like the attack, but the, the drapes are uh, it's very it's, drab, drab it's draped in the smell of draped in drops. It's draped in the subtle hints of vagina juice and dirt, dirt and sex. It's draped upon the, the amber brew. You know that was a description on on a uh, beer advocate, right? It proclaiming, like, proclaiming like, the greatness. Like, it it tastes like dirt and sex, right? Was yeah, the thing. Yeah, I'm gonna go back now and see if I t- <laughs> taste dirt and, and sex. All right. Tell me. What does what does sex taste like exactly? Sardines. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> you just had that answer right there. <laughs> Not even a thought. What does sex taste like? Sardines. Sardines. Well, right. Why well, do you not know that, asshole? What? It's a good one. It's in the olive oil. <laughs> do you taste sex or dirt? <laughs> I taste dirt. I wanted to tell everybody that we drank this dirt and sex. So you, you don't, don't have, have to. to. Dude, you know what else is awesome about this beer? What? You you won't find it in your local liquor store. You have to go. It's only on tap. Yes. This and the is limited release on tap only. Mega local. You have to make a trip to Jersey at least. I don't know how mega local it is, but. At least you got to get to Jersey. Yeah, you got to get out here. Yeah, her. And I don't I don't recommend you coming all the way out here. No, her, her for, for there. Yeah. I heard there's a beer on the podcast. Looking for it. <sighs> Said it tastes like dirt and sex. You know what? You know, I was just thinking about sex, right? Yeah. Yeah, I was thinking about Bette Midler. Yeah. And the only thing worse than Bette Midler yeah. is Bette Midler's daughter. I don't, I'm not familiar with her. Oh, my God. It's like her, yeah. only even worse. Oh, God. It, it takes it to a next level of Bette Midler-ish. Where is Google Pete when you need him? Why do you know her? Because I was reading People magazine. Oh, my goodness gracious. Sophie von Hasselberg. Super that's, Jew to the stars. <laughs> that's... That's the picture right there. You'd Is she like, most famous for like, having the most Jewish name ever? Who's more uglier? Wowzers. The daughter. Ain't that something? What is wrong with her? That is harsh, right? What is wrong with her? I, I, I can't even describe her. Oh, boy. Hey. Oh. Hey. What can you do? Oh. Hey. If, the, if you ever need something from a high shelf, I just found a good hook. <laughs> We'll hook that thing right down for you. Wow. Okay. Thank you. Thank you, Bettman. Sophie von Hasselberg. So. Yeah, just throwing that up. Just throwing that out there. Throwing it out there. That bullshit part for you? Yeah, you know, I was like reading People Magazine. I saw her picture. Yeah. And I was like, wow, that's fucking, that's bad. There's something that I wanted to bring up. And I don't know quite how I want to approach it. Audiobooks? We'll get there. But there's something I wanted to bring up ahead of that. There's an author that was involved, you know, uh, uh. <laughs> was a guest on this podcast in our early days. He he reached out to us. I just happened to cast this through like Google Plus, right? And he was like, "Oh, when can I come on for my second appearance on the Books, Beer, and Bullshit podcast?" I thought you said he was on twice already. I, he was on twice already, and he, he doesn't. Wants a third? He doesn't know that. He oh, thinks he's not a constant listener. Not a constant listener at all, and he's. Asking to come on the podcast, he clearly has no idea how many times he's been here. Like, why should I let him back? Why should you? Anyway, to this author, and he knows who he is, and he'll never hear this because clearly he does not listen to this podcast. For all intents and purposes, intents and purposes. And we've, we've are we using a, that? Are we using that phrase properly? I think so, because I know a lot of people misuse that phrase. Do, do for they all sometimes intents and purposes? And sometimes they say intensive purposes. Yes. Yes. For shorts and gaggles? Yes, shorts and gaggles. You want to say shorts? Whatever you want to put it. Yes. For all intents and purposes, this particular author knows is, who he is. Is dead to us. Dead to us. We approach authors. We don't 
every time somebody whores themselves to us through an email or whatever, you're like forgotten already. We promote those that we like. That we we talk to the people we want to talk to. Yes. We don't just let any old we just don't interview any old shithead just to interview right. somebody. Right. And then when you say things like, Can I come on for the second time when you've already been on twice? So you have no idea. You've already had the privilege of coming on this podcast twice. Not many get that crack. And then you're, you're, you're going to forget that. Lesson learned to all your authors. We're not going to be your little fucking whore pushers. No, because you know what? We're picking you. Don't fucking come to us. We come to you. Right. I'm not going to. You could send me a free book. You, your publicist could send me a free book. Hi, I'm Joan whatever. I'm Joan Smith, and I represent Bill Bill I, McCracken, yeah. and he has a new book out, and blah blah blah. And like, I really don't care. I, you know, I, I'm kind of curious now. What book did Bill McCracken write? What book did he write? Yeah, fill my heart with your scum love <laughs> by Bill McCracken. By Bill McCracken. What's it a tale of? It's a tale of a flagellum. Yeah. And who was a paramecium. Yeah. And he was in love with an amoeba. It was a tragic love story. An amoeba. An amoeba. It's like an opossum. <laughs> it turned out the opossum had a, a stigma. <laughs> Stigmatism. A st- did he have a stigma? Wait, wait. Did he have a stigmatism? Yes, he had a. And, and stigmatism? It was a stigmatism in his left eye. It's very tragic. <laughs> he couldn't see the flagellum on the paramecium. For all intents and purposes. For all intents and purposes. Uh-huh. It was a fucked up relationship. And what was that the title of so, the story again? Oh. It, it was you, fill your heart with fill my, my heart with your scum, scum love. love. <laughs> By Bill McCracken. <laughs> yeah. It was on Pseudopod imprint. Is that the follow up to Pseudopod B- Press? <laughs> Is that the follow-up to Bull Rush in the Grass for you? <laughs> yeah, but that was on... Uh, Different imprint? Eskimo imprint. <laughs> Eskimo Publishing. This one's on Pseudopod. <laughs> Pseudopod Publishing? Pseudopod Publishing. <laughs> it was Romeo and Juliet of the sub... <laughs> sub uh, I want to see if there's a Bill McCracken. Micronic. Cracking that <laughs> You know, all you need is a microscope <coughs> for Bill McCracken. For Bill McCracken, yeah, small, <laughs> small writer, <laughs> a midget, if you will, a midget, single, single cell midget, a single cell midget. Speaking of writers, he's, he's plant based though, so he had a double, double cell wall. <laughs> he's got a, a, a mitochondria. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> got some lower in there. <laughs> he's a mitochondriac. Yeah, you know he's uh <laughs> his and his and yours uh, DNA is ninety ninety eight percent the same. Yeah, is he a monkey? Yeah, he's carbon based. <laughs> carbon based, <laughs> dude. Yeah, man. So yeah. Anyway, you know who's on the cover of Rolling Stone this uh, issue? Bob Dylan. No. Bob Dole. No. Bob McCracken. <laughs> <laughs> Just because they're up, they're so up to date. Rolling Stone, Anthony Kiedis. Oh no, no, no! I mean, they're really on top of things. Yeah. So they had Stevie Nicks on the cover. <laughs> like, yeah, good. Well, at least it wasn't the fucking Beatles. Yeah, that's true. Or Johnny Depp. Uh huh. Or any of the Rolling Stones. Uh huh. I think there's only like four different <laughs> bands or people that they put on the cover now. It seems that way. That is such a garbage magazine. By dude. your reports, yeah. yeah. That is such a. What magazine do you like? Economist. <laughs> the Economist. The Economist. If yeah. you if you need music news, you're gonna go with the Economist. No, no. We're no. talking about magazine. Oh, oh just in general. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I couldn't tell you. Like but like Rolling Stone is such a piece of drivel. Yeah, well, you know. I mean always was, but I mean it's really bad. Sure. Like, sure. You know, sure. it's only been what, fifty years since you know Yeah. Any of the bands you are still in love with touch, had a yeah. new album. Good for them to keep on top of the times with the Stevie Nicks cover. Gotcha. That was yeah, you know, very topical. Uh huh. Because you know she had like a new album out back twenty is, years ago. This is eating you up, huh? Yeah, it really does kind of annoy me. <laughs> I think I look at it like fifteen times a day. Uh huh. Uh-huh. So you're uh, you work for a publisher's clearinghouse? Yeah, yeah. On the side, yeah. <laughs> I deliver 
I'm a delivery man for the publisher's clearing house. Uh-huh. Clearing house You're like shit. the Ed McMahon of... Uh... Yeah, no, I'm like the <laughs> fucking Seamus McCooley of the Ed McMahon of the... PCH? Of the PCH, yeah. Is that the, That's the cool hip title there, right? PCH? Yeah. Not publisher's clearing house. No, nah, it's PCH, man. You get yeah. all the... You know what else I like? Yeah. I like uh, Reader Digest condensed books. Yeah, that still goes on? Oh, yeah, you'd be surprised. <laughs> I would. I just... I was. Yeah, no, Reader's Digest condensed books. It's still going. I was most recently surprised about that just now. (laughs) (laughs) You laugh, but... I know. Condensing the book seemed to make it better. Mm. You know what? You could have used some condensing. Escape from shit town. (laughs) (laughs) Escape from shit town could have used the Reader's Digest condensed Uh books. Uh I wonder if it's like Campbell's. Can you throw the book like in the tub of water and it will... What's the purpose of the Reader's Digest? Is that supposed to lure you in? Like giving sample chapters? No, it's like a, the whole book, but just like edit down to just the... Yeah, the nitty-gritty the nitty dirt band of it all. Yeah, so you could say you read it. Oh, you're not supposed to like be captivated by the uh, abridged version and then go read the full version? No, no, no man. No, you're not just that like, purpose? You know, you're like, I read 83 novels this yeah, week. Yeah. Because, <laughs> <laughs> hey, and you could talk shit because you basically know the plot line. Right, yeah, yeah. So Without you don't know details. any of the nuances. Right. You know, you might be a little soft on the nuances. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But you just say, ah, I don't really remember that part. I guess, you know, you you know, you get four books in the size of, like, one book. Yeah. That's all I got to say about that. <laughs> I wanted to touch on our hatred of audiobooks. Hatred of audiobooks. Would you call it a hatred? Man, I wouldn't call it a hatred. No. I got to admit. Yeah. I'm have you a, have you dabbled in audiobooks? I have dabbled in audiobooks from time to time. Yes, yeah, yeah. Recently? In recent anything? Nah, not in the recent decade. It's been probably about 10 years since I had an audiobook. Yeah. Uh, the last one I can really remember myself doing was The Mist by uh, Stephen King. Oh, yeah, because that, that was a classic. That was like a radio that play. One, yeah, yeah. It wasn't just a guy it had reading that, it. That cool-ass 3D sound to it and Yeah, everything. and they did all the sound effects. Like you had to wear earphones to appreciate yeah. that. Yeah. I'm, um, with you. I'm with you on that. I, I, I heard but that. But, yeah, I enjoyed, I enjoyed that. And I think I tried, I know I tried, the when you could start getting audiobooks through your library online. Oh, I, yeah, the I, audio. I grabbed... Uh, World War Z. Okay. And that was nothing but a fucking disappointment. And it's, as it bad seemed as the cool. Movie? Uh, well, they didn't change the entire fucking storyline. It was a Reader's Digest condensed version? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was cool. They had some, like, Mark Hamill did the, the part of the, the main soldier guy. Right, right. Like he's popping up. He read that part. And it's, you know, it is word for word, but... Like you said, it's the condensed version. They don't go through each and every fucking chapter. I didn't know that. So it was a very rushed version of, and I don't know, I'd already read the book, so I don't know what you would get out of. My thing was like, I think you were robbed okay, of a lot of the story, and I don't know how you would appreciate it having never read it. I've read the for book. Those, those two. Yeah, so have I. Yeah. And I read the book first. So oh, you mean like to the for person, a person who totally has Yeah. For, I don't know how that would come across. Right, I, th- right. I think you get a robbed of a lot with the amount they took out. But by and large, it- it's sort of annoying these people who think say they're reading when all they're doing is listening to audiobooks, and they don't realize like you're not. It's not the same thing. No, it isn't. And uh, I recently had a discussion with a-, a friend of the show, Lance Carbuncle, who had just put out his audiobook for a, a book he had out previously called Grundish and Askew, and. He's like, oh, you know, I get some, you know, you want to listen to it free and everything. I'm like, ah, I don't really listen to it. He's like, ah. he goes, it's free. Just, you know, if you're, I'm like, all right, you know, it's you. I like, yeah, I'll take it. And he's like, cool. And he's like, and if you want, like, play it on a podcast or whatever if you want. I was like, all right. And I'm like, you know, audiobooks ain't my thing. But I start listening to this thing. Right. And I got to say, I'm enjoying it. Okay. The narrator he has is very awesome. First of all, it's Lance Carbuncle, so it's a pretty cool story, and it's like a problem is I listen to it on my commute sporadically. Yeah, sporadically. So, but I also find myself I'm not taking it in like I would take in a book. No, because you you zone. you zone out parts of it. You you know you, you tune back in when things are cool and everything. So, you know, as much as I am enjoying the thing, right? It's 
I'm still not getting the full effect of the the book, I, and it's it's such a good story. What I you know when I am tuned into it, it's a really good story, but I'm so, still like robbed of it. As you know, I listen to a lot of talk radio. Yeah, I find myself zoning in and out from that. It's just something to listen to at work. Yeah, it's the same way or yeah. whatever. And I feel the same way about audiobooks. Like if you want to really get the story, you have to sit and read because that focuses your concentration. Yep, and you're. You're in it and you're going with it. Yep. You just you know, lose yourself in if it. If you're listening, if you're listening, then there's nothing wrong with listening to books, audiobooks. Well, what I noticed listening to, to Grundish and Askew is the thing you do get robbed of is the voice in your head and your own images of, of voice and inflection. I think that's what helps is that he did get such a great narrator where he really, you know, he plays very solid, separate voices for the characters. And, and injects a lot of life and, and reality into him. So, you know, I'm getting his version of those what those characters sound like. But I kind of think maybe I would hear him different in my head. I don't know. I haven't read it. But, you know, that's my kind of thing. But I, I would have to say that, A, it can't be abridged. If you're going to do it, have the full fucking book. Yeah. And you have to get a solid fucking narrator. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I I can kind of see now. I still, it's not ever an alternative to reading. But, uh, you know, I don't know. I don't know when I would opt for a audiobook over. I, I tell you what, I, like we you mentioned it before, like The Mist, right? Yeah. I mean, outside of the pretty awesome for 1980-whatever production value of the whole yeah. thing, right? Let's face it, that really was production value. Yep. It also was a short story. Yeah. And it probably only ran an hour. Right. And hour that one and a half, two hours, you know, top end. Yeah, I think it was about two hour. You know, right. whatever. Whatever it was. Yeah. It was it was you could sit one time or two did two sessions. Yeah. You could finish it off. And like you said, that wasn't really a word for word reading of the story. That was a play. Yeah, it was a radio yeah. radio yeah. show. Yeah. You could you could listen to it and enjoy it and if that's how you like your literature, good for you. But you're not reading. You're really not. Well, since Mr. Lance Carbuncle uh gave us permission to, to play clips of Grundish and Askew, I've picked out a little ditty and we'll give you a little play here before we sign off for this show. The bluish ink on his arms tells the tale of Grundish's numerous terms of incarceration. The first tattoo, an upside-down cross on his left forearm, was inked by a 12-year-old stick-and-poke artist named Squid in a Level 3 juvenile detention center. Not that Grundish was particularly religious. He just thought the cross looked tough. Looking tough was a good thing for a 14-year-old who was confined in close quarters with a mixed bag of deviants, psychopaths in training, and lost causes. And while other punks were indelibly marking misspelled words on themselves with paper clips and a mixture of cigarette ashes and toothpaste, Squid was piercing the flesh on Grundish's left forearm with a sewing needle wrapped in string and dipped in Indian ink. The distinction, though slight, was apparent in the superior quality of Squid's work. I once fucked a horse, Squid bragged matter-of-factly as he dipped the needle in a bottle of ink and resumed his work on the cross. A horse? Bullshit. I'd think you'd have to be pretty tall to bone a horse, Grundish challenged, and you're not exactly Lurch from the Adams family. The logistics of boning Mr. Ed seemed quite involved to Grundish. He supposed that it was more likely that Squid was just trying to sound crazy so that rumors would start and people would be tweaked out, see him as some sort of twisted freak, and leave him alone. You don't have to be tall, you dumb cockstain. You just need a full feed bag, a stool to climb up on, some good balance, and a gentle horse. For real? Fuck yeah, for real. And don't act like you wouldn't do the same given the chance, said Squid, as if it were a completely reasonable option to couple with a barnyard animal. Was it at least a girl horse? Of course it was a girl. Squid squinched up his face in disgust. What, you, you think I'm a homo or something? So there you have it, constant listeners. That's a little snippet of Grundish and Askew by Lance Carbuncle, the audio version, available on audible.com. Now you're going to notice Mr. Jeff is no longer with us, and that's because audio problems plagued us once again this episode. 
Thankfully, they were right at the end. So I just have to add in this little snippet for you. So that's our show, episode 34 in the can. Be sure to check us out for episode 35. We're going back to interviewing and we're bringing back the mayor. Armand Rosamilia will be back for episode 35. We're, of course, going to have disgusting beer and crazy-ass bullshitting for you. So until then, constant listener, thanks as always for being there for us. We'll see you next time. You're the dirt or sex guy. Oh. What can you do? What does what does sex taste like exactly? Sardines. We call it one hung long is shorter than now.